0: Welcome back to the Liberty Update, where we give you your need-to-know news from an Article 5 convention perspective. There's a lot of bad news in the world today, but here on the Liberty Update, we make sure everything is imbued with a sense of hope, that there is a solution as big as the problem, and it's contained within the Constitution. So thank you guys for joining us once again. We're excited to jump into today's stories.
1: Today we're discussing a congressman who suggested banning military from watching Fox News, the central bank digital currency agenda, bipartisan support for a convention of states in Pennsylvania, and an uplifting story on the praying football coach who won a religious liberty case in the Supreme Court last year. Thanks for listening, and now we'll get right into it.
0: Our first headline of the day is Congressman Suggests Banning... Military from watching Fox News. Nothing scares the DC political establishment quite like the free flow of information. Heaven forbid the American people should ever get their hands on dis or misinformation. Who knows what sort of pushback that might cause against the political establishment. According to a sensationalized fear campaign from Vote Vets, Giving our troops the freedom to decide what TV they want to watch might be anti-American, anti-democracy, and anti-military, specifically if they choose to watch Fox News. Letting the military watch Fox News, they say, is apparently anti-American. Fox hosts election lies and disinformation, splits the ranks, hurts unit cohesion, and weakens America's national defense," Vote vets claimed baselessly on Twitter. They must be removed from all TVs on military installations now. They then went on to clarify their censorious demands. Quote, the Pentagon has to ban Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and Sean Hannity from all military facilities at home and abroad. Talk about Orwellian. To make matters worse, a sitting congressman Eric Swalwell from California has joined vote vets in publicly suggesting the federal government should consider limiting our troops access to Fox News. When asked about imposing congressional oversight on the popular media outlet, the congressman responded, quote, I think about our troops and I've been all over the world and I visited some of our troops in some of the harshest places and nothing makes them feel more like home than their access to American television programming, and a popular channel is Fox News. I don't want to get into the business of telling troops what they can and cannot watch, but if you have a news station that a court is going to rule in its evening hour is perpetuating dis and misinformation, I don't know if I disagree with Vote Vets, who is saying that we need to take a look at how this is being broadcast to our troops. Our government is looking for any excuse to subvert the Constitution, flout the First Amendment, and limit our access to information. Remember, Newsmax has already been banned from live TV this year, and now they're coming after Fox. We must realize that this is so much bigger than so-called misinformation. This is about dictating newspeak. It's about censoring anyone who dares question the government-controlled political narrative. We must speak up against our corrupt government while we still can, and louder than ever before. Thankfully, Article 5 of the Constitution gives us the means to do just that.
1: With the collapse of both Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank this past week, the push for a central bank digital currency is likely just around the corner. If you haven't heard, get ready to start hearing the acronym CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. It's a way to transform the entire U.S. payment system online, encouraging all Americans to depart from paper money. For years, the Federal Reserve has been considering this option. They say that it could potentially serve as a new foundation for the payment system and a bridge between different payment services. But as skeptics note, everything would become trackable and controllable by the government. As mentioned in a Wall Street Journal op-ed last month, a CBDC dollar would empower the Fed, not Americans. The article goes on to say that anyone who believes in limited government should not support a central bank digital dollar. The writer also says that this will compromise Americans' freedom. Which brings into question, why would we ever willingly compromise our freedoms for a digitalized dollar? And with just a little digging, the warning signs are very clear. Freedom doesn't align with digital currency. And we can look to China as an example of this. China has experimented with expiration dates on personal finances. How daunting to think the government could one day tell us that Our money will be regulated by DC bureaucrats or how much we have to save or when our funds are no longer valid. Maybe you can access your money at certain times of the day or maybe you are required to spend certain percentages of your total assets to fairly contribute to the economy. In China, 50% of point of sale payments are made with a mobile wallet or app and just 13% of payments are made with cash. And our own Federal Reserve has noted this in their reports saying that if this trend emerges in the U.S., consumers may open up to digitalized central bank money. And as we know, COVID really furthered along digitalized payment options. Many people now use their Apple wallets or the One Tap credit cards for very easy forms of payment. But many businesses also rejected cash during COVID and maybe still do which is just encouraging this digitalized central bank even more. But we're not there yet, and maybe it's time that we all consider using cash more frequently to counter this agenda. Just last week, Republican House Majority Whip Tom Emmer warned that this technology could expand financial control over Americans. He recently introduced the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act to halt efforts, of unelected bureaucrats in Washington DC from stripping Americans of their right to financial privacy. And one more point on this, in 2021, the Biden administration rolled out a cybersecurity executive order, which could easily be furthering along this process. At the end of the day, it's about independence from the government, which is the entire purpose of the Convention of States movement.
0: It doesn't really matter who you are, or your political leanings. Most Americans can see that our federal government is out of control, and at any given moment is a threat seemingly to at least half the country. We're scared and terrified of our federal government, no matter who's in charge, which is why Convention of States should be a bipartisan issue, All Americans should desire to see power brought back home to their states where decisions can be made closest to the people who most align with their values. This is why we're excited to see in Pennsylvania the Convention of States Resolution has been introduced with bipartisan support, sponsored by Representative Frank Burns, a Democrat, and Representative Don Kiefer, a Republican. They wrote in their memorandum concerning Article 5, Today, the federal government makes too many of the policies left to the states under our Constitution. When policies are made closer to home, at the state level, regular citizens have far greater access to the process and an opportunity to have their voices heard and considered. Nationwide polling conducted by the Trafalgar Group last year revealed that nearly two-thirds of the American people across party lines support a convention of states for the topics stated In this resolution. They go on to explain how an article 5 convention would work and then finally note, we are sure many of you frequently hear constituents expressing a desire for someone to do something about that mess in Washington. This resolution reflects our willingness as a state and state legislatures to exercise our proper role in protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States by using the constitutional check that was provided to us by our Founding Fathers to exercise control over a runaway federal government. I ask you to please join us in supporting this resolution. We are so thrilled to see this bipartisan support for Convention of States in Pennsylvania and are wishing the Pennsylvania team luck as they push this resolution across the finish line.
1: And closing off with a happy story and a win for religious freedom, a Washington school district has reinstated the praying football coach you may have heard about last summer who was fired for praying on the football field with the team. Last June, the Supreme Court ruled that former high school assistant football coach Joe Kennedy had a right to pray on the field after football games, something that the high school said he was not allowed to do publicly. The school district said that they were trying to avoid the appearance that the school was endorsing a religious viewpoint. And as a result of continuing his prayers, Kennedy lost his job in 2015, but he didn't submit to the unconstitutional treatment. He fought for his First Amendment right to religious expression in a seven-year legal battle. Despite the tensions, Kennedy was eager to return to coaching, and a spokesperson for him said he was reinstated to his former position on March 8th. And he is set to return to campus when spring football begins sometime in the next few months. And a $2 million settlement between Kennedy and the school district was presented to the school board during a public meeting on Thursday. Carrying patience, grit, and trust in God, This football coach is an inspiration, and he helped confirm for all of us Americans that we have religious liberty and that we can dispute institutions that are infringing on our constitutional rights. Well, that's all the news we have for you this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Liberty Update with Jake and Bree. We'll be back next Friday.